welcome to the Daughters Podcast. We're six young Catholic friends just trying to live out our identities as beloved daughters of God. We want to share our conversations with you in hopes that you too might see the ways that God is working in the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries of your lives. Thanks so much for joining us. St. Mary Magdalene. Pray for us. So I um, looked up a playlist on YouTube. I was just like, song christian songs that make you happy and i just played the playlist and um i started to really enjoy it and just listen to it over and over again there was this one specific song um i think the name is crucified i'm not actually sure but um yeah we'll put that in the show notes um but there was this one specific line first of all this part of the song is just so beautiful and so catchy but i was listening to it and it said um crucified and laid behind a stone you live to die rejected and alone like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall and thought of me above all and um that really hit me because when I when I heard that part my automatic human reaction was to be like well someone's cocky like thinking that Jesus thought of him above all in that moment I think it's a woman singing so her I'm not sure who's <laughs> if it's a boy or girl but anyway um and then I it just kind of stuck to me and then I it just c- kept coming up and then I just started thinking about it with myself and just realized that it's true like God Jesus died on the cross for me Sophia and for all of you specifically Um, and in that moment, God knew every single action we would take in our lives, every single time we would fail him, every single time we would insult him and hurt him and disregard him. And he still chose to get on that cross and die for me. And that just was very powerful. Um, and so for all of you listeners, um, God died for you specifically. And he knew in that moment, every single thing you would do in your life, both good and bad. And whether, whether you have a very deep relationship, very close relationship with God, or you're just now starting to discover it, or you will discover it one day. Um, God gave his life for you specifically for all of your sins to save your life. Um, yeah, so a prayer that I had recently, um, which is kind of along the same lines, that I've been struggling with a particular sin for a very long time, and it's a very painful one, and just kept coming up, kept coming up, and um, it made me feel like really detached from the world, you know, um, and so something that was like a, just a beautiful moment in prayer that I had was an image of Jesus, like crucified with all of his open wounds. I mean, he has his specific wounds, but like all of the lacerations on his back from where he was whipped um, and thinking specifically like the things that they would whip him with that just took chunks of his skin out. Um, It's probably really disgusting to be talking about, but it's the reality of it. Um, But Jesus like took me in this image and he put my hand in the specific wounds that I had caused him by that Mm -hmm. sin. Um, and not in a way that was like, this is what you did, like, this is what you did to me, but in a way of like, yeah, that that was the place where he was the most intimate with me, was in that deep place where he like, 
I, my sin had reached out and touched him, but he also reached out and allowed me to experience that intimacy with him. Um, and so when I think specifically of how God died specifically for me, it's a very personal thing. Um, and yeah, there's just a, a deep intimacy because not only did God die for you, but God meets you in that place, like in his wound that you caused him. The line that you said, uh, that when he had you put your hand in the wound that you had caused and how it wasn't a look what you did to me moment, mm-hmm. made me think of um, my, I think it was my junior year, every year at the Catholic Center for Good Friday, we would watch The Passion of the Christ. And my junior year, I came after a really long lab after I had pulled an all-nighter to do a lab report. (laughs) (laughs) I sat down to watch it and fell asleep, but woke up at the end. And it's funny because I missed most of the movie, but still the last scene was the most powerful one to me. And I mean, that movie is just incredibly intense and yeah, just gets me every time I watch it. But at the end, um, when they take Jesus down from the cross after he's died and Mary's holding him, the last scene is just her staring at the camera and like holding his body after he's died. And I was staring at her, looking into her eyes and I started crying. And my first thought was, look at what I did to him. Mm. And Immediately, it was Mary, I know for sure, <laughs> but immediately it was like the next thought that came was, no, look at what he did for you. Mm-hmm. And like that simple like twist of it is something that's always stayed with me because it's very easy to think Jesus died for me specifically and find sorrow in that as opposed to joy. And there should be both. It's dynamic and there's attention to it. We are sad because Jesus had to die to to take our sins in our place, but it's also joyful because he did it so that we wouldn't have to. Mm. But yeah, that moment, and and then I just cried more, obviously, (laughs) but it was so beautiful because it was very sorrowful and then it turned to like very joyful so quickly. Mm. And I think it was Mary just like, no, like don't focus on that part. Don't focus on the fact that it was your sins that he was held up there for, but focus on the fact that he did it for you yeah and that's something that's always stayed with me for the past couple of years when it, um as we've been trying to teach uh, my husband and i teach second grade ccd together and as we've been trying to drive this home with our kids and talk to them about the crucifixion explain to them you know jesus died specifically for you i had this great idea that we were going to do this cross reflection and that I'd read, it was kind of kind of be like Alexio Divina kind of thing where I'd read it out loud and they could reflect on it. And the idea of doing this with eight-year-olds in hindsight is a little laughable, but (laughs) I'd written this thing out and it's hard to describe the crucifixion and the passion to a second grader without like feeling overly gory or, you know, feeling like you're oversharing or like maybe they're not ready for that. Um, even though you're trying to explain to them like why they should love God. And so I'm doing this and I thought it would be a really good idea to include all of our kids' names in the reflection. So it's Jesus and he's like, and then he, like, it, you know, 
Julian and Mark and he, or whatever our kids' names are, it would like cross as like all of those. And I'd like look at all of them as I was saying this. And unfortunately, it like, never went over super well. They would all just kind of stare at us and they'd be like, uh. <laughs> um, but it is one of those things that like I really have to remind myself on a daily basis of like someone died for me. And I, I'm kicking myself a little bit for not remembering the name of this movie because it's one of my favorite Disney movies. But the the one with the emotions, the joy. Inside and, Out. Inside Out. Thank you. Um, that was quick. I was <laughs> <laughs> like looking at Casey. Um, but there's a part in that movie where she's like in her dream world and there's all, there's this like boy machine and uh, the, the boyfriend machine. And I remember like – there's all these boyfriends are like cranking out of this machine and they're all like, I would die for Riley. And they all like create this giant bridge so that she escape, whatever. It forwards the plot of the movie of the movie. But um <laughs> that scene has specifically like always really stuck with me because as a little girl, like, how much did I want someone to die for me? Like I wanted someone to love me so much that they would die for me. And I still like desire that. Like you know, God willing, this would never happen in my marriage. But like, you know, you kind of want you want a guy who will take a bullet for you. But the opposite, I want to take the bullet. <laughs> that's, my, that's my sorry. Kelsey's a better person than I am. <laughs> that's my dream way to die. Martyr. <laughs> <laughs> Catch her on a state card, Kelsey yeah. Sheehan. Martyr. <laughs> oh, martyred. I thought you just said murdered. <laughs> martyred is no. better. Martyred is better. <laughs> um, got morbid quickly. Um, but. And I remember seeing that. I mean, like how, you know, that's I feel like especially for women, that's such an integral part of like what we desire is just like someone who would lay it all out for us and like die for us. And we have that. And every time I remind myself of that and, you know, someone actually did do that for me. And how should I how would I be living my life if I actually accepted that mm-hmm. on the daily that someone died for me? Because you hear about like I know a couple of people who have had like vital organ transplants and they, they, someone did die for, you know, not specifically for them, but someone died and they were an or- organ donor. And like they, you know, my friend is now alive because they have received a heart or kidney or whatever. And, or for the people who like were pushed out of the st- street by a pedestrian, like someone saved their life and they live their lives differently. They do. They live it with this internalized, like, I have to have a purpose. I have to be good. I have to like live a life that wouldn't disappoint the person who is dead, like mm-hmm. died for me. Um, and I don't feel like I live that way all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause for some reason when it's God, it's just, it, I feel like for myself, it's so easy to, to just kind of put it off to a side. It's like, um, if I had plans to meet one of you for dinner, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be there on time, most likely. And, um, and I will not leave until you're done saying what you need to say if we're in the middle of a conversation. But with God, if I was planning on going to adoration and then something pops up or was planning to go to mass or I was just planning to sit and have 10 minutes with him and I'm really tired and it's so much easier to just take that off my list than to take off my dinner date with you, you know? Mm. Um, and same when it comes to thinking of our sins and how our sins, um, when, when you see it as our sins, you know, put Christ on that cross and thinking about our sins and the pain that it's causing him. Um, 
but it's it can be easier for me to not hurt one of you than to not hurt God. Mm-hmm. But why? You know, why is that? I just had a thought. So I think that I have a hard time <clears throat> with this idea that God was thinking of me on the cross and died for me specifically because I know that it's true, but I just feel so small so often. And I'm like, but there are so many other people that he died for. And it's hard to not look at it as this universal Christ died for all humankind. But I don't know, maybe part of that is because I don't want to look at the way that my particular sins have actually affected him. It's easier to just be like all of humanity's sin, put him on that cross, you know, versus like me, Kelsey, like the sins that I have committed, the ways that I have turned away from him are the reason that he is there. Um, Yeah, that's something I just need to pray with because, yeah, I think that might be. Well, and short of watching the passion, like Casey was saying, like we don't get to see Jesus cry over us. Um, like if I hurt a friend or if I hurt my husband or something like that and someone is crying because of something that I did or like visibly very upset or wounded, right. it's sting. It, it doesn't just sting. It like cuts me to the court, guts yeah. me. Whereas like I don't get to see God cry over right. me. I don't get to see him like be very, you know, I feel the effect of it for sure. You know, you feel the effect of sin, whether you're aware of it or not. Right. But I'm not sitting there watching him weep. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just saying that it's like oh oh. I feel like in in a real way though we are like I don't know I just think about people like Mother Teresa who went into the trenches and she saw these people who were like had maggots and were like infested yeah just like the the poorest of the poor the most broken of the broken and she saw Jesus in them Mm -hmm. and so I think in a real way, God invites us to actually meditate on the passion in our daily life in the suffering that we see. Um, I, had, I don't remember if it was a priest or someone told me recently that like God, yeah, I was a priest, Sisters of Life Retreat. He was amazing. Father Bonaventure. Shout out to he, um, <laughs> he basically was saying um, like God hands you a sliver of the cross that you have to take with you every day. And that's the one thing that unites, like that unites you to him. And that isn't just like in your own like what you're dealing with personally but that's in like the friend who is like going through a heart like going through a breakup or like a friend who got cancer you know like I I have a hard time believing that that's not like that can't be turned into a meditation on the crucifixion because Mm. it's sorry it's still happening every day like we're still seeing effects of that every day I feel like I so often dwell in the sorrow of it and, like, the idea that Jesus died in spite of, like, what I did, you know? And, like, I, I feel like I can recognize that it was for me, but it, in, a, in a way that was, like, in spite of that I failed in this X, Y, and Z ways. Um, and I just feel like I so often kind of thinking off of what you're saying of, like, somebody dying for you, you know, like, a person that, like, gives their, their life up some for somebody, like, wants them to live in a certain way. And I feel like I don't always live in that way of like the joy of like God gave up his life so we, for me so that I could live differently than I did before. Mm-hmm. And to like recognize that like, yes, that sorrow is there and like, yes, it is in spite of because of who I am, but not to like dwell in that and to like move on from that. And I don't know, that's kind of hitting me for the first time now that I've always made that distinction. But it's really, it's really powerful and definitely changes your life. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not just like in spite of the fact, you know, it's like all of that. Like he did it for you because he knew that you were going to sin, you know, and it's not like, oh, I'm still going to save her anyway. It's like, no, this is why I'm going to save you, you mm-hmm. know, like. Yeah, not in spite of, but because. Of. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's something that I wish was like easier to remember throughout my day. <laughs> like, and that sounds so silly, but especially the habitual sins that I picked up um, before I even knew that they were sins, but just the things that you get into the habit of before you really are deeply converted in your faith. Um, and then you realize like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. And then, but it's a habit at that point. Right. And it's hard to break and it's hard to, in the moment, really think about like the long-term effects of what's happening both on my soul and for my relationship with God and for him himself kind of thing. Um, Kind of like one of those things, like you're eating a piece of candy and you're not thinking about the long-term effects on your health. But in that, and in that moment, it's really hard to say no, right? It's really, it's like, oh, it's just a piece of candy. Like it's not that bad kind of thing. But if it's your 10th piece of candy today, it's and that's a habit and that's happening every day like yeah this starts to become a problem um and i feel like that's what i frequently run into where it's just like these little things and it's like oh well like god's not really gonna be upset with me if i do that thing or you know that doesn't it's just this one little thing but like all of those things added up to the reason that he had to die for me Mm -hmm. um or risk and you know not being united with him for the rest of eternity Um, And if he died for me to give me that chance to be united to him for the rest of eternity, like he now puts that in my hands of, well, still in his hands. He's the one who can save. We can't do anything about it. But he does give me the option. He at least gave us the option, right? Him dying on the cross gives us the option to spend the rest of eternity with him. And we daily in those little things have to make that choice. But it's really hard. Um, cause I feel like life is so much, you know, was in a hom- listening to a homily at one point it was priest was talking about this kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, like life is hard cause it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it's really hard to like keep going with like continuously saying no and building up that discipline and building up that temperance to just continuously align yourself with God. I think in those little things, it's really easy. I think kind of a theme that I'm hearing here, it's easy to stay in the despair and and to not go into the joy of it. But ultimately, like, yes, there was the crucifixion, but there was also the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that's what our life is basically all about is like every day. Yeah, we're we're living the crucifixion and we're going through those sins that keep coming up every single day. But like ultimately, like the resurrection's on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So like, keeping that like our focus on that i mean i think it's i think it's good to to meditate on the passion and to know like the depth of what happened but i also think it's good to have a healthy dose of hope too i feel like that brings up a good question like how do we live as easter people yeah how do we live with that that our life's been changed personally attacked since my last limb is lent but (laughs) (laughs) sorry i gotta make the pun right um Yeah, I don't know. I think it's something I have been reading this book on the rosary and they say like one of the the surest ways to heaven. Actually, there was a story of Mary Magdalene after Jesus died. She literally prayed like, Lord, what is the quickest way for me to get to heaven? And he took a crucifix and he put it on her wall and he said, meditate on my passion. And so for the rest of her life, she just spent like thinking about the things that she had seen and like Mm -hmm. the things that she had witnessed. And I think like 
yeah, we're, we're called to sit and meditate and like allow ourselves to be moved um, and allow God's prayer to move through us thinking about the the crucifixion. But I think we're really called to live out of the, the resurrection mm-hmm. right? because ultimately, yeah, the crucifixion isn't the end of our story. And I think there's this joy. I feel like um, we can probably all think of at least one person that comes to mind someone who is so joyful. And then one day you find out like all these things this person has experienced in life. And I've met a lot of people like this and they've had very difficult lives. I mean, very painful um, experiences. And then, you know, people wonder like, how are they so happy? How are they, how do they get up in the morning and keep moving, you know? And it's not happiness, it's joy. And it's this joy that comes from within that, well, that comes from God, that um, it's not circumstantial, it's not situational, it's um, it's just always there. It's knowing that, and even if you're not thinking like every day, you know, God died for me, he gave his life for me. It's, maybe it's not that, but it's, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking, right? But like this, like, this joy that you have and it's really hard to explain Mm -hmm. where it comes from. The people who like kind of glow in your life. Mm -hmm. I aim to be one of those people. (laughs) Glow, baby, glow. (laughs) I don't know if anyone has anything else, but I was thinking it would be nice to end in a part of the I Thirst Reflection by Mother Teresa. Ooh. Um, But before I read that, does anyone have any other closing thoughts? I just think that, yes, you shouldn't like dwell in the despair that your sins caused or your your sins are what Christ died for. Uh, But it is, it's all like balance. Like we can't Mm -hmm. have the resurrection without the crucifixion, but we are who we are. Like our faith doesn't make sense without the resurrection. So you need both. Um, so it's not like, I always think of this because there was this girl that I knew in college who we worked together and she was Christian. Um, and around Easter time, I was talking to her. She had asked me something about, Oh, what did you do for Easter? And I shared with her how I watched the passion with some people on good Friday. And I think it was the first time in a long time that I had sat down and watched the whole thing. So I was like gushing over it with her of how, <laughs> oh my gosh, like that whole movie, so powerful. And she looked really uncomfortable. And she was just kind of like, yeah, I feel like it doesn't focus enough on what comes after. And I was just kind of like, well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Come on. Like, obviously it's called the passion of Christ. But yeah, it's, I, I know what she meant. Like we find joy in the fact that like, the resurrection happened and without the resurrection, like Jesus was not who he said he was. And so that is where our faith lies. And in that, like Jesus died and came back to life. He fulfilled his promise to us and he died for our sins. But at the same time, yeah, you have to acknowledge the fact that like he died and that in watching it makes it real. And I think that's why watching that movie is something that I do like most Lent just to kind of get into the headspace of like that was real suffering Mm -hmm. and he chose it. 
and he could have decided not to and he still willingly went into it out of deep love so yeah that's my thought i'm gonna piggyback off that just a little bit i always that movie always makes me think about how that could have been me that should have been me and i think that is forever my biggest takeaway but especially like the really gruesome shoot um scenes with like the scourging of the pillar and the crown of thorns they're they're hard to watch it's disgusting to watch like it really makes my stomach churn um but at the same time it's like that should have been me and i think having that mindset as well is like yeah he chose it he did it he actively willingly chose to because again he's god he could have just become a superman and flown away into the sky and lived it with god in heaven without ever having to die but he actively did that so that i wouldn't have to um and i think that that is a nice balance of the hope and the despair right of like i could have been that and it's easy to despair in that but i don't have to and there, there's the hope all right so i don't know when you were first starting um I just was thinking about like Jesus on the cross, thinking about us as he was dying and immediately the eye thirst. Has anyone ever read the eye thirst reflection? Mm -hmm. Um, My girl, Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa. Um, This is her reflection, but I'm just going to read a part of it um, because I think it kind of ties everything together. So this is the words of Jesus. I thirst for you. Yes, that is the only way to even begin to describe my love for you. I thirst for you. I thirst to love you and to be loved by you. That is how precious you are to me. I thirst for you. Come to me and I will fill your heart and heal your wounds. I will make you a new creation and give you peace. Even in all your trials, I thirst for you. You must never doubt my mercy, my acceptance of you, my desire to forgive, my longing to bless you and live my life in you. I thirst for you. If you feel unimportant in the eyes of the world, that matters not at all. For me, there is no one any more important in the entire world than you. I thirst for you. Open to me, come to me, thirst for me, give me your life, and I will prove to you how important you are to my heart. Amen. Amen. All right. So this week we're going to invite the listeners to read the entire I Thirst Reflection by St. Mother Teresa. We'll link um, that in the show notes below Um, and recommend that you read this and pray with us slowly while sitting in front of a crucifix so that you can really let the words pierce your heart. Yeah. And I think um, maybe just spend some time this week trying to think about how you can Find that balance between both living in the crucifixion and in the resurrection um, and thinking about what that means for your individual prayer life and the way God is moving in your own heart. Until next time, Jesus thirsts for you and he died for you. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Daughters is a production of Grexley. To see more of our episodes or to find out about other great podcasts, visit www.grexley.com. That's G-R-E-X-L-Y. We'll see you next time.